Finally. We're back. We're back with attitude. We're, because we're back, we're back we with had a attitude certain before. attitude. It's more attitude? Tired? We're tired. It's a tired It's attitude. an attitude. It's an it's, it's a, a busy. Look. Yeah. It's, things got busy real fucking fast really, here for us. They, they really did. They really and, did. And whereas we norm we had normally regularly scheduled times to record. All of a sudden, those times were like, oh, shit, that's the only time I can do this. Or, oh, my God, I'm going to yeah. die if I do anything else right now. So yeah. You ever go through your week and you realize, I have not uh, scheduled adequate time for sleep or food. Hmm. Yeah. I should mm-hmm. fix that. That's mm-hmm. been my yeah. month. That's been my month. Yeah. Where it's like you get, you start with one meal and you just nurse that meal throughout the day. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The way I yeah. used to drink cocktails when I was 22. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, this is a really good Manhattan. Yeah. You've been nursing that. It's mostly just melted ice now. Mm-hmm. Mm. I want a watered-down Manhattan. That sounds great right now. I want a the very not watered-down Manhattan. Um, well, I want it to start that way, and then I want to finish that one, and then I want to get a second one that then gets watered down. Uh, see, I got to drink. Too much? I got to. No. Hey, to each their own. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. I like to drink uh, the drink. Uh, my co- I kind of slam my cocktails, which you probably it's probably indicative that I've got a problem. But I, you know, <laughs> uh, it's just because I like to chew the ice, and I don't want to chew the. You know, you know what I mean? We all so. know that. Crunch, <laughs> crunch, crunch. Everybody's I on the Discord. I don't like, have a cocktail crunch. today, so no one's gonna hear me. Any ice? You don't have a, <sighs> a alcohol problem. You have a crunch problem. <laughs> <laughs> Crunch Anonymous sounds like a really weird sex club. I know. I, someone needs to do that, a documentary of that. <laughs> What's the Crunch Club? Yeah, uh, club, club Crunch. <laughs> <laughs> it's just where everybody gets together and breaks their teeth. It's not nearly as sexy as you'd think it would be. <laughs> no, but once a year, the ice sculpting industry, the ice sculpture industry gets a shot in the arm. Hey! Oh. Um. <laughs> so, so what's been going on with you? Um, I am in the process of writing two shows, mm. which is nice. One of which I'm very excited to be doing. The other, which is kind of pulling teeth because the client uh, is difficult to please. Uh, yeah. It's not an anime. I, I adapt another medium too. And don't be specific. 
Don't be specific. Don't, don't be, be specific. specific. But it's just, it's just suffice to say, it's, it's, a, it's sometimes when you're an adaptive writer, you have to teach your clients how to read. Mm, <laughs> Which is to say, how, how, to the, teach them the, how to read between the lines and understand, well, like, that's not what they're saying. And the, the original language, yes, I, I know, I'm, 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 um, I do know that. I, I looked at the original, so I know that's not what they're saying. So that, if that, I that, changed that, it, uh, you know, there was probably a good reason, like, you know, timing or uh, just figurative speech not making sense in native English. You know, they, there's a lot of things. I mean, I, I've been doing this for a while. Right. And it's just, True. it's And the, also people underestimate how much leeway we are told to have mm-hmm. with, you know, when writing an adaptation. Um, a lot of times that comes from the licensor is to, to make it work for an American audience as most, Mm -hmm. like, as best as possible. So, like, Mm -hmm. for example, my favorite direction I ever got uh, was for a show called Panty and Stocking. Mm -hmm. And I was told by an email from the licensor directly to be as vulgar as possible within the realms of United States law. (laughs) (laughs) That's my favorite sentence I've ever received in an email. Once upon a time... (laughs) And I was I was writing a show. I won't say the name, and I won't. It's been a long time ago. And I was it was one of my favorite things I've ever gotten to work on. Um, that wasn't Steins Gate or Assassination Classroom. <laughs> um, but uh, uh, there was I was told, you know, I was like, hey, it's a pretty dark show with some pretty gritty language in the original Japanese. How much? How much cursing can I use? Because I feel like these characters would curse. I wanna I wanna honor that. <laughs> And they were like, go for it. Go. We didn't give a shit. It's going to be on, you know, television, but late at night. And I was like, fuck yeah. I wrote a line that I'm not going to (laughs) repeat ever. But it was something a character said in the heat of the moment. And it was like pretty awful in the Japanese. Like what what they said in the Japanese was like, oh, God, holy shit. What a psycho. And I was like, (laughs) I I can I, I can do this. And I what I wrote. So at this point, the several episodes had already aired of the show, and even on even on the channel where late at night when it was on, they would still bleep out certain words, of course. And so I was like, "Oh, there's my bleep, there's my bleep." I I I, uh, I specifically I specifically aimed for like at least seven beeps per episode. Oh, nice! I yeah. want a good I want a good bleeps because it makes you feel like you're watching something mature. Uh, mm-hmm. <laughs> they had they had to bleep out an entire fucking line. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, that's me. Yeah. I did People that. People <laughs> often asked. <laughs> I was so uh, proud. Why pan- <laughs> it's, I mean, it is. It's an, it, it is a space of honor. Uh, people often asked why Panty and Stocking isn't on um, one of the, like, uh, um, Toonami or something like that. And it's never <laughs> been. It's like, it would just be one long beep. Yeah. The whole thing. Beep. Yeah. And then blackout scenes. Like, just this is blacked out and that's blacked out. It could be on Netflix yeah. <laughs> or Hulu because, like, the, you have big mouth. That is. That's fine. See, the problem uh, with adaptation, and, of course, I'm, I'm speaking in generalities, but the problem with adaptation is that, you know, someone's we're, – we're often writing for an audience that already has a relationship to the material. Like, they've already, mm-hmm. they've already kind of made up their mind how it sounds or what the characters have said based on, say, the subtitle version or the manga or something, which is fine. But – they're very resistant to any changes we have to make to satisfy the animation or to satisfy, you know, what what strikes our ear as good dialogue. Um, 
and really at the end of the day, like they're just kind of, you know, not not all the time, but it's frequently I feel like the the naysayers are just bitching because it doesn't tag up to their first impression of the show. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, I don't, I'm not interested in satisfying. I'm just repeating your first impression. I want you to think about what you're watching. I want you to like, I want you to get kind of lost in it and to be swept away. And, you know, it's it's hard to do that because some people just watch it for different reasons. But I don't, I got asked a long time ago at a, at a panel, like, what do you say to people that like don't like your writing? I'm like, that's that's fine. I don't care. Okay. I, they're not my audience. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. If I wasted well, if also... I wasted time trying to write for people that weren't my audience, God damn, I'd be, I'd hate myself. Yeah, it's also the um, the whole thing about reading the book before the movie. The book will always be better than the movie. Yeah. Period. Because it got it to you first. You don't want the movie, or you don't go see the movie. But most people don't like the movie ahead of time. Now, a vast majority of book readers know they're not going to like the the movie and mm. and they don't spend time bitching about it because it's a different medium and it's a different telling of yeah. the story. I don't you it's have to It's not going to be the same as what you have in your head when you're reading yeah. it. I think um, it's only really fair to judge is. them. They're, it's only fair to judge a movie and a book as a movie or a book. Like it can't really it's like otherwise yeah. it's like you're trying to it's like I don't know. It, it's it's trying. You're trying to bring and and there is some overlap in terms of like what makes a good story on screen. Well, also some elements of that is what makes a good story in a book and vice versa. But there's certain things you can't do on screen that you can in a book, and 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 so it's just it's totally different. You have to be a little more open minded and be like, yeah. yeah, I can't. You can't judge. It's apples to oranges in some cases. Um, yeah, they're, they're both fruit. <laughs> <laughs> they are both fruit. And delicious well, and, and good for you. But one's an apple and one's an orange. And if you're going to have a problem with the orange not being an apple, well, then just eat the fucking apple and shut up. That's right. That's, I mean, that's, <laughs> well, and they also, there's a difference. There's the Japanese, which is the original. There's a translation. There's a subtitled mm-hmm. adaptation of that translation. Right. And then there's a dub adaptation. Yeah. So the dub is several steps removed mm-hmm. from the original mm-hmm. translation. And our job is about character and storytelling and maintaining the intent of the piece, not maintaining each individual word exactly as written. So, you know, people can ha- can have differing opinions about how I approach character or how I approach lines. That's totally fine. I can disagree with you and allow you to disagree with me. But when people come in and try to tell me, oh, this should be this exact word and only this word, or you're not allowed to use this word because my feelings are strong about it. Yeah, I, and that's the thing. I We're not fix as, that in those people. Because <laughs> as writers, as dramatic writers who happen to be adapting pre-existing yeah. material, it's not our job to write a linguistic treatise. <laughs> On faithfulness. It's we're trying to you have to focus just like an actor does, just like a director, just like the original creators do. You have to focus on elements of story that transcend language and find the words in the host language that conjures up the same elements. And and people that are like, but that's not accurate. I'm like, well, then you're not watching this for the story. You're watching this to see how accurate it is. And so your your you, your motives for watching it are just different. And there's nothing wrong with that, but you're not gonna be very satisfied unless your point is to be disappointed. And then, right. then you'll probably and then be very satisfied. we are satisfied. so happy we can be there for you <laughs> to find a problem with. We are, you know, how do we if, if that's the... what makes you happy, kudos to you. How do we get off on this tangent? Oh yeah. I don't we, even know. Oh, we were, we're talking about it beforehand. Right. Yeah, we were, we were, and I was like, fuck it, anyway, <laughs> It was whatever. very close to the surface. Uh, what, you wanna, oh, you have I you do, have I've, so I, I collect some news of the weird for the first time and god for fucking first time i think I the first time this year jamie maybe. Uh, maybe this is a hodgepodge episode just so everyone knows this is we a, have no uh, title we're just gonna we should just call it hodgepodge let's or, or yeah hodgepodge. hodgepodge haunted hodgepodge 
Haunted eh? Hodgepodge. Eh? I like eh? it. That's it. It's good. I'm going to remember it. I'm going to text good. you later and be like, what was our title? <laughs> Oh, God. But that haunted hodgepodge doesn't work because in the original Japanese, it was called spectral potpourri. Yeah, but haunted. Mm. Mm. In the original anyway. Japanese, it was called suck my dick. <laughs> Sorry. There's our title. Um. <laughs> in the original Japanese. <laughs> That'll go over real well, I'm sure. Oh, God, this is going to come back to haunt us. Anyway. Mm. That's a funny. My first story I'm calling, yes. or my first news bit, uh, is called Cake or Death, <laughs> which in hindsight is probably a very disrespectful title. Politicians in South Carolina have voted to add a firing squad to the state's oh, execution methods this. amid a lack of lethal injection drugs, a measure meant to jumpstart ex uh, executions in a state that once had one of the busiest death chambers in the nation. Who knew? Uh, currently, inmates can choose between the electric chair and lethal injection. Since the drugs are not available, they tend to choose injection in order to delay their death. God, if only that worked in life. Um, <laughs> <laughs> cake, please. Um, the state is one of only nine. Uh, to, the state is only one of nine to still use the electric chair and will become the fourth to allow a firing squad, which just seems so, like, 19th century. South Carolina last executed a death row inmate 10 years ago this Thursday. Uh, the House only made minor technical changes to that version of the bill, meaning that after a routine final vote in the House and a sign-off by the Senate, it will go to Republican Governor Henry McCaster, who said he will sign it. There are several prisoners in line to be executed. Corrections officials said three of South Carolina's 37 death row inmates are out of appeals. But lawsuits against the new death penalty rules are expected. Quote, three living, breathing human beings... Huh? What's I would that? bet. I mean, you think they'd be like, uh, um, this was not, if I wouldn't have committed this crime if I knew firing squad was a possibility. Um, I mean, that's... <laughs> One also, like, come fucking on. Really? Mm -hmm. That's, that's the, it's like, it's like they're, they're taking this whole, like, evangelical Christian thing and, and they've gone so far right. They've wrapped around into some weird space. That is just evil. That's really weird. It's just evil. This is not biblical. This, I mean, it's biblical in that we... I don't think like, they were firing squads in the Bible. No, but I mean, <laughs> in how awful it is. Like, this is table flipping shit that they get into. It's so weird. You it's know what I mean? It's so Ugh. weird. It's so weird. Anyways, uh, to conclude, South Carolina first began using the electric chair in 1912 after taking over the death penalty from individual counties, which usually hanged prisoners. Uh, meanwhile, in Ohio, <laughs> Jesus, um, an Ohio state senator is making national headlines this week in Columbus, not for a bill he proposed, but for his attempt to conceal the fact he was driving during a controlling board meeting on Zoom. Early on, uh, early on, during Monday's meeting, Senator Andrew Brenner can be seen sitting in the driver's seat of his car. Brenner eventually leaned forward and turned off the camera. When he returned, he was seen wearing his seatbelt and clearly driving, yet his Zoom background was that of a home office. <laughs> <laughs> the camera was off for a second time before coming back with a blurred image of Brenner on the road while also having the office background. All this happened as the Ohio House is considering a bill proposing stricter rules against using cell phones while driving with a goal of cracking down uh, on distracted drivers in the state. According to Tyler Buchanan of the Ohio Capital Journal, the legislation under consideration would prohibit using electronic devices while driving in most circumstances. Law enforcement, uh, law enforcement 
enforcement could ticket drivers for holding their phones uh, while driving. Drivers would still be allowed to use navigational programs so long as they aren't holding the phone. First-time offenders could choose to attend a distracted uh, driving safety course in lieu of a $150 fine or the firing squad. Kidding. Um, <laughs> uh, was he holding the phone? Or was it, like, rested? Uh, it, it's, uh, it's unclear. Um, for his part, Senator Brenner believes he was not distracted while driving. <laughs> and taking part in a Zoom government meeting. I wasn't distracted, he says. I was paying attention to the driving and, and listening to it, the meeting. Uh, Brenner told the Columbus Dispatch, I had two meetings that were back-to-back -back that were in separate locations, and I've actually been on other calls, numerous calls, while driving. Phone, call, phone calls for most for the most part, but on video calls, I'm not paying attention to the video. It's it's To me, it's just like a phone call. <laughs> what? How's he voting? Um, I, I feel like we can assume he's voting no. Uh, <laughs> Because <laughs> well, I feel like what that's a great way to be like, I did it and I was fine. I do it all the time. See? Actually, and, like to, now, what's you know what funny, I mean? if you look at a still shot, I haven't seen the video itself, uh, but I've seen a still shot of the video with the office background. And what's funny is he looks like he's sitting in a fake-ass office and it's made all the more fake by the fact that he has a seatbelt on. <laughs> he's not going to, he's not flying out of that and, office. And now I want a seatbelt for my office chair. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> I want yeah, to wanna... I want to make a background of me driving. Like I want to have Here. like a like an old-timey screen the way they used to do it in old movies to make people look like they were driving that have the screen the projection screen behind them with the road yeah. going behind like yes, can we do but that where for I'm Zoom? just sitting in my yeah. in my I'm chair like, but it looks hey, like I'm hey, moving. Hey, <laughs> Have you seen the, I love, this happened at the beginning of the quarantine, but people would make videos of themselves to play. So it would look like they were walking in and then like, oh, in, interrupting the meeting and then walk out. But it was them. I fucking love that. That's so great. It was good stuff. Uh, this is the next bit is interesting. Uh, it's not a tumor. An AI designed to recognize different types of pastry could be a vital tool in the medical world. Bakery mm. Scan, developed by Japan-based BrainCo, scans baked goods on a tray and uploads the official name of each one for easy checkout at a bakery. But scientists found it can also identify cancer. A doctor from the Louis Pasteur Center for Medical Research in Kyoto had the system revised to sp uh, spot cancerous cells on a microscope slide with 99% accuracy. Instead wow. of investigating donut holes and bread ridges, the redesigned system called a cytoscan analyzes a urinary, a urinary cell to identify and uh, measure its nucleus to determine if it is disease. Ba uh, diseased. Bakery Scan, developed by a Japan-based brain co, scans baked goods on a tray with a camera and uploads the official name of each system for a check at a bakery, as I said. Um, it was first released in 2013 and was designed by a computer system engineer named uh, uh, Hisashi Kambe, who sold the uh, innovation to Brain Co. It is currently used by more than 400 retail shops across Japan, and each unit costs about $20,000. Four years after Bakery Scan appeared in retail shops, a doctor spotted the tech on a TV show and pondered whether it could do the same for cancer. He realized cancer cells look similar to bread when under a microscope, the New Yorker reported. Um, the system uses deep learning for object recognition, and instead of differentiating, baked goods, the doctor hoped the technology could save lives. Identifying cancer cells to determine whether tumors are benign or malignant can be labor-intensive, but having an AI assistant would dramatically speed up the process and lead to earlier diagnoses and more effective treatment for patients. Isn't that fucking cool? Wow. That is cool. Not always the way how technology works. Like, we make some huge innovation because it's first be like, hey, but this is a great way to get bread. Uh, right. <laughs> Bakeries are always on the forefront. They really are. God love them. <laughs> oh, this next bit I'm calling ba 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 ba. Uh, <laughs> 
a man has been jailed for robbing a McDonald's in England and making off with not only some cash, but also food. Unfortunately for him, not only did he get caught, but he also wasn't even able to get the meal he was hoping for at the time of the robbery. <laughs> Rudy Batten pled guilty to robbing a McDonald's in February, uh, Southwest News Service reports. According to the news outlet, Batten claimed to have a gun and demanded money from the register and forced a manager to give him access to the store's safe. On his way out, Batten reportedly demanded some of the fast food franchise's famous chicken nuggets. Unfortunately for him, it was still too early in the day, and the restaurant was only serving items from its breakfast menu. Apparently, he was unwilling to wait for some nuggets to be cooked, so Batten made off with a double sausage McMuffin instead. <laughs> Matt reportedly stole more than $600 from the restaurant. He was reportedly identified by CCTV cameras, and he turned himself into authorities later that day. It was discovered that instead of an actual gun, Batten had been threatening his victims with an unloaded uh, air pistol. Ah. A judge recently sentenced him to six years in prison. Batten reportedly claimed that he had robbed the restaurant in order to get money to pay back a debt. His lawyer said that his he was ashamed and embarrassed by his actions. I wonder what that debt was for. <laughs> Drugs. <laughs> Maybe. I don't know. That's but imagine nice being like, imagine like, I just, I want to write that scene as a skit because it's like you go in like, give me all your fucking money. And uh, um, I had 20, I can I get four? a 20 piece? Can I get 20 piece chicken nuggets? Well, we're not, we're not. Uh, well, we, we don't, we're not, we're still serving breakfast sir, for the next half hour. But I mean, we could cook. I mean, you've got a gun. We could cook you some, but it's going to take a while. Nah, you, have, you know, I should you probably, fries yet? I should probably go. Just give me one of those McMuffins on the, on the rack there. <laughs> Do you want a single or a double? A double. <laughs> at, just, at some point, I just really want the person uh, on the opposite side of the, on the business end of that barrel going, would you like to supersize that? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just give him the large. Just, just give him the large. <laughs> it's a great idea. Like, actually, just hand him more stuff so he can't, so he loses control of the gun. Like, so he, you know, he's he can't hold the gun steady because he's got a bag and a and and you know a shake and a drink and. <laughs> right. He <laughs> wait, drops the air. Wait, gun. sir, you forgot your Happy Meal toy. <laughs> uh, and finally, two five-year-old Russian boys used plastic spades to dig their way out of their kindergarten and set off on a mission to buy a Jaguar, the sports car. Uh, a this Jaguar. Comes, a Jaguar. This comes from a Russian news outlet I'm not even going to try to pronounce. The two boys disappeared as their group took part in a supervised walk in the grounds of the kindergarten in the city of in the Urals Sounds region. Right. Yeah, it's uh, M-A-G-N-I-T-O-G-O-R-S-K. It's just a lot of fucking consonants with very few vowels. Dexter um, said it. Did you hear him? Yeah. Huh? Dexter just said it. He went, mm. That was right. Magnetogorsk. 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 In the Urals region. Uh, town's dangerously close to urinals. Um, God, there's so many. Why did I choose this story? There's so many Russian words. Um, Chelyabinsk Regional Interior mm -hmm. Ministry confirmed the boys' escape from kindergarten. We don't have any details yet. We can only confirm the fact itself. That was a terrible Russian accent. Uh, see, I'm just not meant for this. A spokesperson said, adding... <laughs> they didn't say that I had a terrible accent. I don't think they knew I was going to read the story. Um, adding... Mm -hmm. 
that the incident took place several days ago. After reaching freedom, the boys walked two kilometers to a car showroom that specialized in luxury cars. A female driver, a female, female, a female driver noticed the unaccompanied <laughs> children and asked them what they were doing. They told her they had come from their kindergarten to buy a Jaguar, but did not have any money. She put them in her car and drove them to a police station. The boys she had gave seen, him a Jag on credit. See, in my movie, she drives into a McDonald's where she then holds up the place for a McMuffin. <laughs> um, why not? Why not? Let's that. just slam know, it all together. Uh, the kindergarten only noticed the boy's absence for half an hour, after a half an hour. And, and yeah, da, 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 da. it's and that's oh basically it. I mean, it's fucking crazy. So far, the children's parents boys. have not submitted any complaining. It's five-year-olds. Five-year-olds were pulling a Shawshank Redemption. They got moxie, and I like it. <laughs> and I like it. And then these uh, two young boys crawled through random. three miles of shit for a jack. <laughs> So, sorry, go on. Um, randomly, so we started watching the Bourne movies again. And so, first of all, this is going to hurt. The first Bourne movie came out, I believe, in 2002. Ow, 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 mm-hmm. ow, ow. That hurts. Oh, right in the bread and the basket. second one, mm. the second one came out in 2004. No. Uh. Things I didn't... Things I did not realize at the time. So the bad guy, the bad guys in that are Russian. There's Russian bad guys in there. And there's one guy that's following him around and trying to kill him. And he's... Uh, Thin, dark beard, Russian dude. Yeah. Right? Dark yeah. beard, scruffy, dark hair. Mm-hmm. It's Carl fucking Urban. What? Russian. Really? Yes. It's I was like, is that Carl? That's Carl Urban going out there to get the I'll be so goddamn. Cr- really? It's very You're right. bizarre to see. Yeah, it's weird to see who's in some of these older movies going back. I mean, the action still holds up, obviously. It's fun. Yeah, I, I really like the Bourne movies. I mean, I, I've seen, I, I think I've seen the, the first, uh, I've, I think I've probably seen the first two. Um, but mm. I remember liking them. I, I saw one of them. I think yeah. I saw the second one in the theaters. I liked it enough. And I, I just, I like Matt Damon. I find him very. I do too. He's, well, he's... you remember back then, he was like the boy next door. So the idea mm-hmm. that he was this action movie star, that, that especially in that first one, if you haven't seen it, mm-hmm. he doesn't remember that he was a spy. And so yeah. there's these moments where, and I'm not giving it away. It was in the fucking trailer. So... <laughs> <laughs> it's also been 20 fucking years. Yeah. It's, <laughs> the spoiler, it's the statute of limitations on spoilers has fucking run out. It's past um so he but he was um it's just like boy next door and he's very surprised that he can do all of this crazy shit and it's really cool and he's he's excellent at it mm-hmm. but it is very believable because before then he had been such a, he had been such a good boy he's been such a good boy <laughs> he'd just been goodwill hunting yes and then, then he and becomes so, yeah. he becomes a killer killer yeah. it was so great it was a really great transition for action films for him but it yeah Recommending. Yeah. Oh, Re- my that God. One I'm recommending. Old movies that don't feel uh, old. <laughs> I know. And then it hurts when you realize. You're like, oh, it's a, a little bit. 20 years old. 20 years old. Julia Stiles is in it. Yeah. Yeah. Man. God um, bless from the past. So shows to watch, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. this is, a, you know, um, the QAnon documentary yeah, yeah. Oh, on Amazon Prime that. is so disturbing and excellent. Oh. Um and also disturbing, but excellent, but very disturbing. <laughs> Disturb, so disturbing, but excellent. Yeah, yeah. It goes, it goes through all the QAnon conspiracy and the guys trying to figure out who Q is, and it talks a lot about the eight Chan stuff and eight Kun stuff and those nightmare humans that are on there. Oh. And uh, but the ending is it's mwah, on, it's it's on totally Hulu. You said it. it's on Hulu, right? No, it's on Amazon Prime. Oh, okay, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really good stuff there, and then also uh, the Sons of Sam. 
Mm-hmm. Which I think it's about um, the son of Sam, uh, uh, David the Berkowitz. David? David Berkowitz? Berkowitz? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Berkowitz. Uh, but it goes into like who like it might have been more than one killer and the facts behind that. And then it gets into like some sort of satanic cult shit and, mm. and how that flows into the satanic panic. It's excellent. <sighs> I still have like one to watch, but so far I'm loving it. You'll Ugh, love it. You'll fucking I love it. Okay. It's right, it's right it. up my alley. The Son of Sam yeah. thing is like it's so fucked up. Because didn't he think like his dog was telling him to do it or something like that? Or that was that part is what of he that said. was part of his defense anyway. Yeah, He's like, my dog's telling me to do it. I'm not if my dog tells me to kill people, I'm gonna be like, no. <laughs> his neighbor's dog. His neighbor's, his neighbor's dog. dog his neighbor's dog. If and my you know neighbor's, what his neighbor's dog name was? What, you know what his neighbor's name was? Satan. Sam. Uh which okay. Yeah, it checks out. He's got Now it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, so it just watch it, just watch it. It's great. I got, I've got you. Uh, uh, yeah, the Night Stalker okay, documentary so have... that came out a couple months ago was really good so as good, well. Yeah. And so they're really uh, Netflix really bringing it with the true crime docs. It lately. is. It really is. I and Amazon too. Give uh, me yeah. more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, all the one on the Vanguard stuff. Ooh, is, thank you. I'm trying to think. Of, I, I watched something recently. I was going to recommend, but I can't. I can't remember now. I'm like Jason Bourne. <laughs> um, I can't remember. <laughs> uh, but it was good, and I remember. You should definitely watch it. Anyway. Uh, okay. <laughs> so we get on to the, the meat and potatoes of our episode today? That's, well, we don't have meat and potatoes. It's a little serious, but we do have a Q&A. We have some Q&A. That's some the, Q's we can A. That's meat. That's meat. That's meat and potatoes. Okay, that's, that's meaty. Okay. That's a, it may not be chicken nuggets, but it's definitely a McMuffin. Alrighty, we'll take it. <laughs> this we'll episode, these, this episode then... not brought to you by McDonald's. <laughs> Right. Okay, great. Okay, so this is from Jenny Brass. Yay. Always first for the questions and stories. Love, Jenny. Uh, hypothetically, if on a ghost tour, what would be each of your top no, uh, nope moment? If something already happened that made you leave, that counts. But can you think of something that would create an instant exit stage left? <laughs> exit stage that away. Um, I can't think of one off the top of my head. I've never had it happen, but... Uh, to me personally. But I will say if I was with Jamie or Brandon or, or several people and whatever it was started making them, like if, if we were somewhere, Jamie, you and I, and the ghost started mm-hmm. like assaulting you, I'd be like, yeah, we're fucking going. I'd get mad. I'd get mad and just be like, fuck you, ghost, or whatever the fuck you are. We're fucking going. Like I, that's that would note me out. I don't scare very easily when it comes to paranormal right. stuff. So um, the only thing that would make me stuff, we're on a ghost tour the only thing that would give me pause and make me want to like maybe I'll uh, maybe I'll double back to the bar uh, is if we ran into like a crazy person, uh, yeah. like a crazy psycho person, like in an abandoned building. That's right. people scare me. Living people scare Real me a people, lot yeah. more than the deceased, which sounds gross to say. <laughs> yeah, I would say if there's something that feels supernatural, generally we're gonna go towards it if it doesn't feel dangerous. That being said. There is Ireland <laughs> where we were walking and yeah, we both true. felt like there was something present and we just grabbed each other and kept fucking walking. We, we backed up a second and we're like, we didn't really, is it right here? We didn't really nope out. Okay. We just stopped. We just didn't go any further. We observed and then we made a decision. <laughs> we did. We did. We're like, ah. But also, to be fair, to be fair, I was... To be fair. Uh, to be fair. Uh, to be fair. I was... 
uh, we were already on kind of high alert because Niles, our guide, lovely, lovely little hobbit that he is, uh, <laughs> Niles, fucking love that son of a bitch. Uh, he was like, he's like, yeah, you know, sometimes, and again, my uh, Irish accent is no better than my Russian. <laughs> but he was like, you know, sometimes we were walking through the woods to get to this old gunpowder plant that was supposedly haunted, right? This ruins of this gunpowder. It was really cool looking, but it was, it in, was the, cool. it's in the middle of this fucking night. moonlit night through uh, like with this, the slimmest trail you could imagine. It did not feel like we were allowed to be there, but apparently we were. Spiritually. Um, spir <laughs> spiritually or legally, uh, but, <laughs> but legally at least we were. But anyway, but Niall was kind of like, yeah, sometimes, you know, you walk around at night like this, you run into, you know, the old timers, the old boyos that are just kind of walking around, you run into them, they're just lonesome, you know, talk to them for a bit, but uh, don't be surprised if one pops out from my tree and kind of scares you, they don't mean to, they're just kind of out here like us, you know, and we're like, so I'm ready, <laughs> I'm ready to run into fucking tree beard. Yeah. Um, at any moment, and so I'm already on high alert because, like I said, I'm more, I'm more afraid of people than I am of, of people that no longer are, and, <laughs> and so I was like, ah! So when we felt that thing, I was like, Okay, that's comforting. That's more comforting than yeah. if I'd looked up in that tree and seen a person, I'd have been like, that's far scarier Different. than just Different. a present. That's a pr I feel like we shouldn't go. But by that time, Niall and Brandon were way the fuck ahead of us and we're like, guys, we're just going to stay here. <laughs> yeah, it was very much like we walked by and there was very much a sense that someone was standing in the brush mm. right mm. next to the trail mm. and mm. and and just standing there. Yeah. Just and but chilling. there was nobody no person standing there so it came from someone was there to something was there and that's when we were like it shall have this space we do not need to be in its space we'll back up it was funny. yeah every day we, we grabbed each other like we grabbed each other like like a stage couple right before they're gonna walk in to discover a murderer like we did <laughs> i was like <laughs> <laughs> we were so on point with our timing i know <laughs> and didn't we feel we felt like we talked to each other and if i remember correctly i don't want to put the idea in your head but i remember it moving from the the shrub this kind of the sort of you know what six or seven foot tall shrub near the wall or near mm -hmm. the, the there was a wall on the one side and the shrub like was on that side right it was like one of the retaining walls and then yeah. it, it felt like we kind of at the same time as i recall felt it didn't see anything there was nothing to see um but felt it move from the uh, to the shrub to a tree a much taller tree like it had just kind of you know floated or leapt up there and we were like i yeah. feel like it just moved to that tree do you feel it's in the tree now and i remember going like yep and so we just kind mm -hmm. of like yep no shall we shall not pass <laughs> well and it was a little bit closer to us than uh -huh. initially and that was you know it was like if somebody had taken a step towards you and you would just know that they it was yeah. closer in your periphery. It yeah. was very much that yeah. sensation. And then, so it was like, well, then I'll just take my periphery out of here. It's none of my business. <laughs> <laughs> it's just, that's none of my business, Sips T. Um, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was cool, though. Uh, <laughs> oh, I love this question. That was a good question. Oh, Thank my God. You, uh, 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 next is <laughs> Peligsu. Peligsu. Is the Twitter, Peligsu. I hope, Twitter I hope we're saying it correctly. Pelly-gsu. Um, what is the secret to your enduring friendship? Uh, <laughs> was there a specific moment when either of you went, ha, we're going to be besties for life, aren't we? Yes, there yes, is. Yes, there is. <laughs> and it all starts with a tornado warning. <laughs> it, it does. Oh, my God. <laughs> we, had, we already, like, 
like knew each other and knew we got along and everything. Yeah, we'd worked together for a couple of years at that point, you know, on and off. Yeah. You know, you directed me, I directed you and certain stuff, you know. Yeah. One of the things working home as a voice actor now in the Dallas area is things that you don't you don't think about are thunderstorms that come through. Every once in a while, it's like, oh, shit, is this oh, going to yeah. affect my Wi-Fi? Right, You right. know, like I was recording last week, and it was like, hold on, and then rumble, 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 <laughs> and then I could record, and then rumble, rumble. rumble. So you had rumble. to kind of, it's different. But um, one of the things in the area where Funimation was in Flower Mound mm. was uh, next to the airport, and a lot of tornadoes went through there. I don't know what happened there, but there it's, were a lot of tornado warnings about, on that There must side. be something about the landscape there that just makes yeah. it easier. Tornadoes are like, I'm going to take this shortcut. Um, yeah, there's there's they, a lot oh, of highways there, and they're just on 121. I yeah, can't. Yeah, it's weird. I don't know. It's weird. <laughs> so uh, there were, there have been multiple tornado warnings. But this one in particular, everybody, like, it's great because you just go into the studio, which is a build, which is a room within a room. It's got solid concrete around it. And uh, and it's double, like, it's really, really a strong, it's the best possible place for mm-hmm. an interior room yeah, during really a tornado. Is. Yeah. So we went into the bigger one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Studio E, wasn't it? Studio E. And you had... Your tarot cards with you for some reason. I did because I I had them. Uh, yeah, why did I have them on me? I I had them. I guess I was bringing them that night to someone wanted to do. A, I wanted to do a reading for someone later that evening, and I was just going to meet them up later after my mm. session. So I think I just had them in my car. And but yeah, yeah. I, I, I had it because I don't generally just walk around with tarot cards. What am I, David Blaine? <laughs> <laughs> but you, we sat in the booth. Not like inside where the like inside the booth proper, which was soundproof. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, we, and you did a reading there. I did a reading. <laughs> and I, I read, was like, I this read, is the most amazing thing. I read yours and I read uh Nick, the engineer. Do you remember Nick? Oh Nick. Yeah. yeah. And we, he was yeah, like, yeah. Okay, well, I'll bite. What's this? And I was just doing it. Oh, let's do it. And it was such a it was such a chill reading. And so when I do my readings, because mm-hmm. I'm not an expert, I just do it for fun and I think it's fascinating. Um but it was, when I do it, I'm like, well, it's, you know, it's like, oh, that's cool. You know, it's, uh, <laughs> yeah, I read, amazing. I read tarot like a nutritionist might explain to you why you, uh, why mac and cheese isn't a vegetable. That's sort of <laughs> how, that's kind of yeah. my vibe. Uh, yeah. But yeah, in that moment, we we're like, and 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 Nick was kind of skeptical, but he had a good time. But you were into yeah. it. And I was like, I was 100%. We're gonna, we're going to be friends. Right. Well, and then that <laughs> turned into ghost stories, and it was like, oh, this is, we're supposed to be friends. Like, this is. This is, um, yeah, And as far yeah. as, like, enduring <laughs> friendship, I don't know. We just maintain closeness, and um, there are, I think, we are lucky, you know, yeah, that to have a write-or-die friendship. There are a few people that are write-or-die. <laughs> we're lucky to have a yeah. few, each of us. But, it's true. But we're definitely ride-or-die for each other. Very loyal. Very, very yeah. loyal. For yeah. reasons. It know, is for nice good reason. to have someone that is, is equally loyal to me as I am to them. <laughs> like <laughs> so. when 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 Jamie and we've known each other now for years. And, and mm-hmm. it was, so if like if Jamie comes to me and is like, you know, yeah, so-and-so and I are no longer friends, um, I'll be like, what did they do? <laughs> My first reaction every time is like, what the fuck did they do? <laughs> yeah, that's friendship. Um, friendship. And that's how it is. That's enduring. Yeah. I think we, it, the secret is we make each other laugh. Um, uh-huh. The same we thing. We can tell each other the, anything. We, yeah, we can tell each other anything. And we 
we are triggered by the same bullshit. That's Ooh, important in a friendship. Yeah. Like if we see a certain thing happening or someone's saying a certain thing, we're like, do you fucking see that shit? We don't even have to explain <laughs> it. We're like, just go to Twitter and look at that person's son of a bit. Like it's, <laughs> yeah, it's the same that's, thing. That's important. Screenshots you know? followed by fucking what? And then <laughs> yeah, that's all it needs. Yeah. I'm like we can communicate so much judgment <laughs> by just uh, shooting each other gifts. Here's a true story. We uh, we both were working uh, on two shows that were different, but the same director. We will not name names. And it was very tedious. It was a very tedious process for both of us. I, yeah, I don't and, think the director's there anymore. But. Okay, okay, good. Uh, I don't even remember who it was. But the funny part was... That's how I can't name them. I forget. Uh, (laughs) uh, Jason Bourne. It was Jason Bourne. It was Jason Bourne. We would know the other one was in a session with that person because we would start to see (laughs) grumpy Kanye West gifts. We just said, you're like, oh, it was, oh my God, yes. <laughs> and it would just go back and forth of grumpy Kanye West gifts or pictures or screenshots oh of them. It, we got real creative after a while. Also, was... I knew friends because whenever we started traveling together for conventions, um, mm. Jamie knew exactly how to fuck with me because uh-huh. <laughs> I'm a very nervous traveler. <laughs> and uh, my favorite, it's in, at the time, I hated it. But in retrospect, <laughs> it's my favorite where we got stranded, not stranded, where there was a, just a, we got, uh, our flight got like pushed back or something so we were we wound up you me and several other actors were waiting for a plane in uh o'hare as i recall and it was pretty late and it was like a tiny little it was because we're going to that con in uh, rochester i believe in rochester new york uh years ago yeah and so we were waiting for this little puddle jumper to take us into rochester from o'hare and it was late you know but but they had a bar Right near the gate, which for me is perfect. I can drink and still keep an eye on the board. Uh, <laughs> I know, Jamie, we'd all had a few because we had yeah. fucking been there for like five hours and we're tired. It was five hours, at it, least it, a five hour And because our day had started really early, too, as I recall. Like we had to be at the airport at like 8 a.m. or something. And then, yeah, something and then, like yeah, that. Yeah, it was, it was really we crazy. We were slap happy for sure. We were. And so we weren't like, drink, we're not like lushes at the airport, but we'd had a couple drinks and being slap happy and a little that's drunk. That's not true. That's not true, but still. I'm trying to, Jamie, I'm trying to make us look good. Um, I already know. <laughs> I remember Fun. there was, I guess because I'd gone and done my thing where I pace, uh, you know, for a little while, um, you had in the meantime struck up a conversation with one of the security personnel who happened to be near the gate. And I didn't see this. I wasn't, I wasn't privy to that exchange. But later, as we were like, they're calling our plane and we're all waiting for our group number. You're kind of sitting, you're standing there and we're talking and stuff. And, and you and the other actors were getting a little loud. About, I was talking about like, there's one time I was on a plane with a pilot who was like, man, I can't wait. I just wanted to like burn. So something interesting would happen. Like, you were having this conversation and other people waiting to get on the plane were like looking back kind of nervously. Like, Jamie, Jamie. I'm like, please, you got to stop. And then the security guy that you already knew that I wasn't aware of came over and he was like, uh, excuse me, ma'am, can you, uh, you need to keep it down a little bit. And you just turned around and you're like, well, fuck you. And I was like, oh my God. <laughs> and then the guy started laughing and the two of you were just like fucking up. And it, it was, was like a whole was bunch hilarious. of like the, the, the ticket gate people and him and stuff. So we were talking and I don't even remember how, I think I was trying to find out about the flight or whatever. And I was like, oh, yeah, friends. And we're, we're having a good time. So it doesn't matter. And they're like, okay. And they're like, uh, something about 
we talked about being too loud, and they were telling me it's not nothing to worry about. Like it was fine. Everybody yeah, was, yeah. was late. Everybody was tired. <laughs> you knew you could get away with what you were doing. In other words, yeah, yes. exactly. But I, did, so, but I had not seen that part of the conversation. I just see you saying "fuck you" to fuck a security you. person, a ticket agent. I was like, "Oh my god, we're all gonna be arrested." Yeah, <laughs> he started cracking up, and then the ticking, ticket agents and the other security people all started dying laughing <laughs> when I said it. It was really, it was good a good t- time. It was, t- it was, it was really, great. It was, you were like, I. Full-on pearl clutch. I wanted to fucking die. I wanted to just get <laughs> on the plane and and I pretend like we got on that plane and I pretended like I knew none of you. I was like, we are not yeah. friends again until we land. Um, it was great. There was a pilot on that flight though. That's when I talked to that pilot and I was right, like, look, I feel right, like this right, is a right. bad thing to talk about, but please tell me, like the because he was like, had been working for American for 26 years. I was like, tell me all of the shit that has uh, that like the bad stuff. Like, what's the worst stuff so that I can be prepared because I was still kind of a nervous flyer mm, and mm, he told mm. me he was like the worst thing that they had a double engine go, like Failure. two engines go out Oof. and so then they landed and it was fine and I was like that's it in 26 years he's like yeah here's the thing we all are very we're highly trained for for any kind of emergencies but nothing ever happens so because everything is so streamlined so well, when it does yeah. happen we're like yes finally planes are <laughs> the single most complicated piece of machinery and well-built piece of machinery on mm-hmm. the fucking planet so like the redundancies and that's why you have to think when people like talk about accidents uh, you know planes going down which happens um, it's yeah. relative to the number of planes in the air. It's it's tiny. It's a speck of dust on the fly's wing on the back of the ass of the cow in the Grand Canyon. Yeah. Um, yeah. But, it was yeah. great talking to him, though, because just hearing about how few issues actually happen and all that kind of yeah. stuff was really it was great. It was great to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So I highly recommend being drunk next to a pilot and asking about ter- <laughs> like, not, like horror stories. <laughs> but yeah, anyway. I don't know if they would recommend that, but I bet most people don't ask him. I think the pilots love you know, they, I love. I think they love being asked like interesting questions about their. Everyone likes being asked. I would think questions, interesting questions about their yeah. profession. Uh, speaking yeah. of questions, we should probably move on now. Sorry, I went off on a tangent because right. uh, I just thought of that story. Uh, should I read the next question? I can read it. I don't care. You can read. Okay, we'll go for it. I'll get it. I'll read the question. Uh, do you either can... of you know someone who can or has seen a ghost? Yes. <laughs> yes. The answer is yes. We have. We both have talked about it. I know I know before. Jamie, and Jamie knows me. And I know Michael. And that's the answer. Okay, so <laughs> if you could explore any haunted place, who or what type of people, skeptics, actors, mediums, ghost hunters, etc., would you have on your investigation team? And what place would you go? More of how would you like to see an investigation go down versus what happens on TV question. I The thing is, I, I, I'll i take it, anyone. I'll take the skeptic. I, I think skeptics are necessary. Mediums, eh, I don't know. Uh, so many people that claim to be mediums really aren't. There are real ones, but they're so hard to find. Uh, it would have to be someone I knew. Like, yeah, there are if a couple it was, people I know yeah, that would work. Exa- yeah. Exactly. If it was someone I knew and could vouch for, I'd be happy to have them along. Actors. Jack uh, would be our skeptic. Jack would be the skeptic. Yeah. Uh, we would be the actors. <laughs> yes, that's right. That's Valentina right. would be our medium. Yes. Uh, yes. And ghost hunters. Or someone else know. who shall remain nameless. Yeah, correct, correct. Yeah. Who else? Well, I don't... 
The thing is, I don't really know any ghost hunters well enough to vouch for them, um, but I don't want the sort of ghost hunters we see on television. Uh, no, but, uh, but no. I, but I feel like there's, there's some groups out there that have done some good work. There's bound to be, and so I'd like to kind of get in touch with some of them. But here's what I want to have happen, because this is what they can't do on television, or at least I've never seen done. Um, I want a place that's haunted to be investigated over a long period of time. One night doesn't give you yeah. enough data. Um, right, exactly. Which is you want a Skinwalker Ranch style? Exactly, of... exactly. And that—that's mm. what I want. I want—I want the the team to live on site for a while, uh, or to at least live nearby, so they can you know go in shifts or something. Like they need—it needs to be a long, dedicated uh, research project, Effort. not just a field trip. <laughs> yeah, right. I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. All right. That makes sense to me. Yeah. So that would be our trip. That's our. Brandon would go, too, because someone has to be more scared than us. Um, <laughs> this, oh, that was from Sister Stories, so thank you for that. Thank you. Next is from Paige. Uh, if you could explore any haunted, oh, wait, that was it. That oh. was, that. The, the last question we read that was, was Paige. That was Paige. The one before that was Sister Stories. Sorry, I wasn't reading that. And then uh, 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 Paige's second question is, also, if you could use any type of equipment, what would you use to help prove whether or not the place is truly haunted or if the place is a hashtag actually? I don't know that any scientific equipment could really prove anything in that regard because everything— Unless everything, you got a picture of it. I'd do a picture. But everything could be faked, you know? So, like, we may—I I mean, I would—it would read all—all—and this is maybe an unpopular opinion. So I'm going to have it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> if— the thing about paranormal re- paranormal research is that I I don't think there's any kind of equipment out there, any sort of proof that constitutes proof unless you already believe. Like no it's one's going to change it. Yeah, personal experience. So like if if I have a picture of something and I also know I saw it in, in real time, then for me personally, that photograph or that piece of footage is proof. Um, but not to someone who wasn't there because it's too easy to be faked. Like, you have to understand, every equipment, every piece of scientific equipment we can bring to bear on the paranormal is really, when you get down to it, just an extension of our own five senses. And our five senses, right. we we only trust our five senses. <laughs> we don't trust exactly, someone else's. Yeah. And that's probably correct, you know. Um, so I don't, if, if there was a way to verify any of this stuff scientifically, uh, and there might be down the road. I don't think there is yet. So I don't think there's any extant piece of equipment that that would constitute proof for anybody else who hasn't had an experience to back it up. So, yeah, they have to— d- Well, I think that would depend to why you're doing the, re- the, exactly. the ghost hunt, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. Like, is it for— um, to prove to other people or to prove to yourself? Mm-hmm. And I would do it to prove to ourselves. That would fair, be, fair. And then, and then that would, yeah. you know, that would work for me. But even then, I would probably still question things like, well, man, you know, once, once the, uh, there's some time between me and the experience, man, am I, am I, is the, is the quote unquote proof after the fact kind of coloring my memory of the event itself? I mean, there's so many right. things to consider because of how our brains work or don't work, as it were. So I don't know. I, I think I personally like as much as I love studying and looking into questions of the paranormal because I think it's very vital. Um, I don't know that there's ever a way to prove any of it. I just, I think that's why it's so compelling. I remember years ago on an episode of Unsolved Mysteries that dealt with ghosts, they did, that was their episode on the Queen Mary. And uh, one of the two researchers that was on board was a confirmed skeptic, didn't believe in ghosts at all, but he was like, but 
he, and he said, and I, I remember thinking, what a, what a brilliantly open-minded person he seems to be. Uh, this guy was like, look, I, I don't believe in ghosts, uh, but mankind has been having this sort of experience for since recorded history, and somebody has to look in it because I don't think everyone's just lying or or mistaken. And he's like, I've never seen a ghost in my you know 50 years of doing this. He was an older gentleman. He's like, but I might see one tonight. You never know. And oh, that's very much a Jack perspective. Yeah, yeah. And I think I, that kind of skeptic I find much more trustworthy to be objective than someone who's like, no, it's swamp gas. Because that, that seems to be a skeptic right. that is looking to confirm their confirmation bias that it can't be real. Right. And the same thing, just the opposite direction. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. We just, our goal would be to get Jack to be like, that's weird. That's, that's right. our instrument. Yeah, that's, is Jack going, <laughs> that's our, that's, that's the benchmark that's of a successful experiment of Jack going, that's weird. That's weird. That's weird. Let's give it a name. <laughs> Wendy? Okay. Um, when we were in in Italy, every he would jokingly get uh, statues were ghosts. He would confuse them and be like, look at that ghost. There are ghosts everywhere. They're statues. They're ghosts. Don't, don't blink. Like, okay. <laughs> it was constant, constant. I don't, and I don't even think he had seen that episode of Doctor Who yet, so... Anyway, uh, from Sheila, Jamie, how is your shoulder? Did that heal completely? It is much better, but it is not completely healed. I just have to be very aware of it, but it is 85% better, I would say. That's good. I'm glad. Um, I'm glad. We're at that age where nothing yeah, heals completely. It's getting there. <laughs> right. Yeah. Sorry. All of the people who had like negative side effects from their second shot, like I had it too, and it was it was exhausting, and you know I pushed it too hard with my working out and all that stuff. But, um, <laughs> but I was became very aware that people did not deal with chronic pain out in the world. <laughs> it's like, oh, this is not. This isn't. Well, it's nice to know to know now. They're like, remember how you felt after your second shot? That's how I feel like on Tuesdays. Um, <laughs> it's just like Tuesdays with me. Um, okay, so I was re-listening to episodes, and in one, I believe, um, I believe, yeah, Michael mentioned writing a novel. How is that coming along? <laughs> uh, you know, I got to the first three chapters and then just stomped. I mean, I... Life gets in the way, you guys. I had started mm-hmm. writing, and I was I was making decent headway. You know, in fact, I think Jamie and Jack had even seen the first couple of chapters because uh-huh. uh, yep. I I got their opinion, and they they seemed to like it. Um, I Jamie doesn't really pull punches, so uh, you know, I which is another reason for our enduring friendship. But uh, but I just I just haven't picked it back up. I got I got sidetracked. I'm very flighty, um, and I started composing. Pandemic, I started man. composing the music, pandemic. and then uh, you know that happened, and so now I compose, and I, I, I'll get back to it eventually. Uh, I'm sure, but it's just kind of, I just, you know, and professional concerns. Like, I can't, the thing about the industry we're in is that we go. <laughs> he just can't finish a sentence. That's the problem. Exactly. <laughs> That's, it's, writing takes a long time because his inability to finish sentences. <laughs> uh, yeah, have, it's just, it's all about editing for me, um, <laughs> which is not my strong suit. But yeah, also life gets in the way. There's a lot of work and stuff. And so I just didn't have time to devote to it. I get to the point where I have to be like, man, I've been writing adaptive scripts now for like, you know, every day this week. I don't want to sit in front of a computer again. So Mm -mm, yeah, but I'll I'll get back to it. I suspect I will become a writer in my retirement. There it is. So this was just rehearsal. (laughs) So the first three chapters were just rehearsal for retirement. (laughs) 
<laughs> Yay. Uh, Crystal has a good question. Now that y'all have completed some 200-plus episodes, would you say you're more skeptical, more likely to believe, or pretty much the same as when Ghoul Intentions started? It's a lot of research and ghost stories, so I was just wondering if it had affected your beliefs at all. Uh, not, not really. The only thing it's done is going into kind of deep dives on certain episodes, I have now discovered different ways things can be faked or different ways stories get mm-hmm. twisted so that you they turn out to not... Mm-hmm. Like, I, I'm more aware of the game of telephone in regards to history mm-hmm. uh, than I was before. I think I always knew it, but now seeing, like, specific examples and finding of, like, no, that's actually not true. This is what happened, and it's got warped into this over time. I'm more aware of kind of the... Um, what uh, the, a linguist would call the morphology of a story of a legend than I was before. Yeah, I would say you're also more into Bigfoot. That's just a side note. I'm yeah, you're, big... you're re rein, you're reinvigorated. I just I love Bigfoot. I don't know. I know. It's really yeah. I, I it, yeah. I really have rekindled this show has rekindled my love of Squatch. Yeah, I would say one of the biggest things that I have noticed is. The connection between society and and its excuses for its behavior mm. and ghost stories. So ghost stories, a lot of times I've seen if someone is if a victim is being vilified, it's probably not a true story. Mm. So this, you know, you have a lot of stories about you know um, like the uh, what plantation the the myrtle magnolia. the mur- myrtles myrtle myrtles. Be- Right? Myrtle, Myrtle's, Myrtles. Myrtles. Yeah, Myrtles Plantation. Yeah. That, that's all bullshit, uh-huh. right? That's a hashtag, actually. Yep. And it was to, to blame the slave for something that didn't even happen. So it's, it's to turn opinion against a victim mm-hmm. to make it okay for that victim to have been victimized. Exactly. A lot of times you'll see the same thing with women. You know, the the woman in white who's mm-hmm. murdered her children, and now she's going to murder your children because she's just that emotional. Yeah, right? yeah <laughs> like, she's just— it's, and, yeah. and the fault is on her, right? Uh, the stories usually involve some sort of man that has betrayed her, that has hurt her, that has, you know, done something horrible mm-hmm. to her, and then she becomes vilified. For not getting over that, it. For not getting over it yeah. or, you know, that the story comes out, oh, she must have killed her children because she was so upset. And that is just like it's not that that doesn't happen and all of those things. But usually um, when a victim is being vilified, that's a red flag that there's something going on with the story that may not be entirely true. Yeah. So that has been interesting to see see the way that that has happened a lot of a lot of plantation slavery stories are like that um that you know i'm more aware now than i've ever been of how ghost in in the states at least here um how ghost stories get used uh or get told uh, um, how the legend grows because it serves this need for the ruling class uh, in this case in this case mm-hmm. white people <laughs> T- yeah. to be like see yeah. we're even we know we did awful things to the, to that to that class of people but we're same now because they're haunting us see we're even right. um okay? so that's why they're like oh it was, was built on a native american burial ground and that somehow it's just, so we're so you know the whole fact that we stole their land and massacred them and drove many tribes to fucking extinction for the sake of some white people making money um we're we're cool now right everyone's cool cuz they haunt us and and you know we sit on their 
land still and exploit it and uh, whatever. It's like it's it's this bullshit stories that we will tell ourselves to pretend everything's fine. That's what it right. boils down to. Like, see, every the balance has been restored. We fucked them over. Right. They haunt us. We're good. That's that's something that yeah. I'm hyper aware of in stories now. Yeah, absolutely. And the and the whole like she was she was jilted at the altar. Mm-hmm. The stories of women who took their lives and are now haunting a hotel or whatever <sighs> church, usually a hotel though, uh, because she was jilted. Uh, I don't know of any stories of men who. And what a haunting because jilted lovers. And there might be, and but what, and what in an, comparison. What an infantile male fantasy that is. She right. was so distraught over the fact that I wouldn't marry her that she leapt to her death. Like that's a fucking that's a fucking teenage boy's fantasy about how a woman sees him. That's mm-hmm. pure. And it I mean I'm not to say again, not to say it doesn't happen, but I think Or didn't or didn't. But, still. but those stories I think get traction, even when they're not true, because they satisfy a very particular type of fantasy in the te- in the teller or the hero. And it's and it's yeah. and the truth is far more complicated and interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Well, and then you have, you know, the stories. You know, when you can find out, um, you'll find out when you start researching some of these stories that the same story is being told over and over and over again on multiple sites. So you kind of have to whittle it down and find out where that story is coming from. And if that story is coming from the hotel that this has happened. At, and there's no supporting stories, no police um, uh, stories, nothing, nothing in the newspapers, nothing like that. Then most likely, this is a story that's told by the hotel to get people to go to that hotel. And they'll even <laughs> yeah. put in their stories like, "Oh, well, we didn't want to talk about it because we don't want to be, you know, we didn't talk about it for years, or previous owners refused to talk about it because blah blah blah." <laughs> like, a lot of times, <laughs> there's no history to back yeah. that up. So uh, it's it, you know, it's just reasons to be suspicious. Right and of course, thing, yeah. <laughs> that doesn't negate people's personal experiences, right? Now, of course, if they're said about a particular thing happening, that particular thing is more likely to happen. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean just because something isn't haunted the way people think it's haunted that it's not haunted. Yeah. Right? I think too many people are ready to dismiss, like, this story is bullshit, so the whole thing is bullshit. No. People's personal experiences are still real. Yeah. And uh, that, the, the why is the mystery. Well, and, and that's a, and that's a, that's another uh, – glad we've gone down this rabbit hole. That's another great point. Like in case in point, the Myrtle's Plantation. I believe Mm -hmm. there is truth to the hauntings. I think the phenomenon, you know, the sounds, the the, the apparitions, the the smells, the things that people attribute to Chloe and and, uh, this other cast of characters, many, most of whom did not actually exist in real life ever. Um, though they probably had, I mean, they did have real life counterparts because, you know, Myrtle's was a plantation that had slaves. But um, the story that we're told about what's behind that phenomenon is pure fabrication. It's not real. There was mm-hmm. never a slave named Chloe on site who murdered the children accidentally or intentionally because her ear was cut off. None of that. It's it's a it's a story. It's a, it's no, nothing more. But I think the story, people are willing to believe it because one, it satisfies that kind of unconscious need to, you know, pretend like, you know, to, to pretend like, well, you know, she's a ghost now. So thank God, uh, you know, <laughs> it's a weird, like this weird yeah. kind of, um, keeping things even like it's 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 how white people deal with our guilt and uh but it they also had well, something it's, real it's, happen it's to the them implication yeah the, yeah i'm sorry the, it's the 
it's the implication that they had to be enslaved because they were by nature going to make choices exactly. like that. And that is fucking wrong. Yeah. And it's pervasive mm-hmm. in a lot of these stories. Mm-hmm. And so I love that we get the chance to come in there and say that's not true. Doesn't mean it's not haunted. Doesn't mean shit's not going down there. Doesn't mean people's personal experiences didn't Just happen. Just means the story we've been told about it is not, is is not true. That story serves a very yeah. different sociological function and one that I would just as soon be fucking done with. Um because at the same thing, any that's the thing. I, the, uh, the history of the ghost story is, in some respects, a history of disenfranchised people and how they mm-hmm. are, uh, and how the 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 powers that be justify their disenfranchisement. And that's something yeah. that I become aware of. But it's and it's kind of muddied the waters. It makes it very easy for skeptics to look at the to to just throw the phenomenon out the window and be like, ah, there's no there's right. no truth to it. This is just story we tell ourselves. Yeah, but people still experience stuff. It's just the the thing behind it is not what we think it is. Um, and that gets back to like this is not something you could ever prove because our brains are too involved. It's like what's the the old Schrodinger's cat thing? You know, like you change by looking yeah. at something, you change it. Um, yeah. That's just how the brain works. And so, yeah, yes. all, all the, so since we started the show, you know, what was just kind of a fun hobby because we liked spooky stories and we liked looking at the ghost question and, and for me, cryptids and things like that has become more, has slowly evolved into something more where I've, I've really begun to appreciate um, why we tell ourselves these stories and and what it says about us as a society, as a people. And, and you know, when the story is true, when it's not true, whatever, it's it's really opened up my brain in terms of like, you know, what's really going on? What's what's what what's being satisfied by this thing called ghost stories that we are so obsessed with yeah. as a people, you know? And and it's it morphs all the time. It's fascinating to me, it really mm-hmm. is. But, I agree. Yeah. Same same. So I guess that's how it's changed. It's just opened our eyes yeah. about what ghost stories have represented and what they've done. Mm-hmm. And then so at the same time, it's nice to be able to tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, Logan, uh, this is for both of you. What previous character, oh, this is anime related, I think. (laughs) What previous character would you like to revisit, redo with the experience you now have as a VA? Oh, I can't. Well, um, what's the pay? Let's talk about that first. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I, I I have to say, not to sound not to sound cynical, but I don't really like necessarily revisiting characters. I mean, I, I'm fine. I mean, I'm fine if that character's come back in a new way, um, and right. I can go on with it because I don't really like because uh, you can always go back and feel like I, I will always forever feel like I could have done better all the time. And even getting even if I got the mm-hmm. chance to go back and repeat a role. Um, I would still feel the same way. So I don't feel that my experience as an actor, which is considerable for both of us, um, I don't think it's, <laughs> I don't think it may, has made me feel as though I'd be better at going back and redoing all those roles. Right. I think my best work comes from when I was naive and 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 when I'm kind of unprepared um, in the sense that I'm just kind of open to what's right in front of me and I don't think about. You have to trust your yeah, instincts. You have to. Because I got nothing else yeah. to go on. And so going back, I think going having too much information would be a disadvantage, I think, to, to yeah. my approach. And so I don't want to go back because now I'm too familiar with the character and their impact on audiences. Right. And and, and that kind of muddies the waters for me. I don't really yeah. like it. But that said, it's fun to to come back and revisit characters in new contexts, like you know if there's a sequel or something. Mm. But I, I don't yeah. I don't really want to go back and revisit any any old show. No. It's kind of like you know, 
life. <laughs> the art art reflects life, mm-hmm. and it's a reflection of who we were at the time when we did it. So it would be totally different because I'm yeah. I'm different. I know different things, and I've experienced different mm-hmm. things. And mm-hmm. so, um, but then it, in the same way, like if I if I was me now mm. at 18, I would have made some very very different decisions, right? <laughs> right? Right. And I may not be where I am right now because of those decisions. And I like where I am right now. Right. So if I go and change those things, that would change the course of where my life was headed. And in the same way, I think if we go back to change some of our work, that would change where our experience mm-hmm. as an artist goes. And, and I think it's important to have that growth and that change. And, I mean, yeah. we're lucky in that it is... Um, kind of, there's a record of that. Yeah, you know, like every every performance <laughs> so, is kind of like a time capsule of where we were in our life, and mm-hmm. I don't want to go back and change it because I need those time capsules to kind of so I have a sense of continuity. <laughs> yeah, right. I mean, it's just it's 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 history, yeah. and you know, I I I think maybe it's good because I don't. <laughs> neither one of us are really ashamed of anything. We we're very proud of most of the work that we've done. Yeah. So. You know, we don't live in a like, oh, wow, I had no experience when I first started and it was terrible and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, I, I knew what I was doing when I got into yeah, it. So, yeah. um, you know, maybe we're just lucky in that <laughs> in that way. But I going back and listening to it, um, it's, gen- it's not generally going to benefit me. Yeah. Right. And wanting and oh, what, what, how would I change that? And it's living in the past. Yeah. And I'd rather live in the moment and think about the future. Well, as an, act, so. as an actor, you have to be in the moment because that's the only place a good performance mm-hmm. comes from. It's from being that's present. Right. So I know things. Right. right. So good question, though. Good question. Good though. question. Yeah. See how yeah, we yeah. riff. Uh, next. <laughs> I know. Uh, next is from Lola. Lola. How has the pandemic and Tatum's move in, to L.A. impacted how you record your show? I'm wondering more about the human side of it rather than the technical the side. The human side. Well, well, the pandemic changed it before the move. Well before, like almost a year before. Yeah. Um, because, you know, we had we couldn't see each other. We had to, you know, we couldn't see each other in person. We had to do this, you know, from home, both of us doing right. through Zoom. And to be perfectly honest, at first, we stopped before... Um, before it got to, like, we stopped meeting in person before we were actually personally concerned, right? We did yeah, it because we it, thought it was the right thing to do yeah. to, to be a good example. Yeah. And, and, but we weren't, and then within a few weeks, it was like, oh, shit, yeah, we're making the right decision. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> but because, you know, it, it was a gradual thing. We didn't know immediately how bad it was going to be. Yeah. Um, and that is, it's a Zoom call. Just technical side. It's a Zoom call. Mm-hmm. Michael records on his side. I record on mine, and we send him to Matt, and he makes him work. Um, I think one of the so, advantages, if I may, is the advantage of doing it this way, although I miss seeing you in person. Whenever yeah. I would come over to your place to record, I feel like we would we'd chat and talk for a while first and have drinks or coffee or something and yeah. play with the dogs. And, and so when we got to start recording... Um, We'd already kind of. I feel like we kind of burned off a lot of our energy already. Right. And now, because we we talk for a few minutes before we start recording now, but um, yeah, it's but like we, 15, yeah, it's, maybe, yeah. Sometimes it's forty five. I'll so, be honest. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes depends on how much is going minute. on in the world that we need to talk about. Yeah. Uh, before we start recording, but um, but because I think we have there's a lot less pregame now. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. I think the I think our listeners now have a much raw and I think much more fun a much funnier and much more intimate experience of what we are like together because we don't kind of um 
this is, I mean, this is now also just how we friend. <laughs> yeah, right. It's uh, true. You know, and so there's no separation between like we're friends and now we're recording a podcast. It's like they're, they've, they've weirdly, the isolation has made the two blend together. And so now I think um, our, our quirks, our, uh, our energy, mm-hmm. our, uh, our chemistry comes out even more because we don't burn it off in, you know, in a visit. <laughs> in a visit yeah. with dogs and stuff. Yeah, yeah I would say... Um, yes, yeah, to a point, and I'll get into that in a second, but the other thing is technical-wise, again, I know you said not technically, but uh, <laughs> Matt, I know, prefers this because he gets two very clean files, and instead of having to worry about voices bleeding into microphones when we're face-to-face, he gets two clean, quiet files that he can put together, which is a lot easier. Um, and then he can apply filters for mine that he knows and apply them, you know, whatever compression and whatnot to to each of our tracks and and separately and then put them together. Um, But personally, (laughs) on a personal level, um, it has been, you know, the pandemic's been very isolating. Mm -hmm. And people haven't been able to see each other and not go out and meet. And I know some people have Zoom parties and Zoom meetings, and I never really did any of that. Um, I think we did it, I did it once with a group of friends. But having you move, Mm. it does not feel as though you have moved to me because I still see you almost every single week. Yeah. It's true. (laughs) You know? It's true. And so it it is, I don't know what's going to happen when, like, everybody's out and about and it's going to be like, oh, I can't go over to Michael's for the 4th of July. And, oh, we can't, (laughs) you know, like all that 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 is going to be weird. I think once, once the pandemic is well and truly over... And the world is kind of opened up and people are going back to restaurants and hanging out more freely. I think then it's going to hit me that I'm not living in Texas anymore. Right now, it doesn't yeah. feel like that. I mean, I, I'm here in L.A. and life has slowly gone back to normal, but it still feels like I'm just on an extended, you know, workstay <laughs> somewhere. Yeah, right. And so I haven't really, it doesn't feel like home yet because we're all in kind of this in-between space in terms of social life. Yeah. And so I'm like, oh, that's going to be weird. And I, I, and I feel like once once the pandemic is over, like the, then the homesickness will hit. Mm. But I'll, I'll come back a lot because, you know, I still yeah. got family there and all. So it's it's fine. Yeah. And, and maybe I'll come back for holidays because, I mean, I'll definitely come back for holidays, but maybe all of them, like Fourth of July and things like that. And Ooh, it's like, cool. Yeah. Yeah, I would like that. Um, but I would say, too, that the kind of the cool thing about it is... Uh, we have scheduled play dates. We do. We do. We totally do. You know, so <laughs> there's like, you know, a lot of times it's, you know, people aren't just aren't talking as much or whatever, but that is not the case yeah. with us because we see each other regularly. The pandemic, it's it, a planned visit. Yeah, it's really kind of uh, forced. The, the pandemic has forced us to really be disciplined about our friendship. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And so whereas we may not, because like when you would come over, it would be like an hour and a half oh, of hanging out. Easily. We're like, oh, anything. let's order Burger Box. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, let's eat. Have you eaten? Let's, let's eat. eat. Let's, let's do this. Let's do that. Let's have a security board. A, we'll record the first half of the podcast and then go drink for a little bit and have dinner. It was very loosey-goosey, which, I mean, I think very. is very charming. But, but you know, now it's, I don't know, now you get to see all of that in real time. Yeah, right. That's true. That's true. Um, uh, good question. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it's, I think it's been the best possible scenario for the pandemic. I think so. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Um, let's see. And Wesley has several questions, and that's this is the last of the questions. All right. 
Has there ever been a time that either of you have wanted to quit voice acting? <laughs> yes. At least once. Oh. At, at least once a week. <laughs> yeah, regularly. <laughs> and if so, then why? I, if the why is too personal, then I understand. I don't think it's too personal. I don't think it's, it's too fucking personal. hard. It's very hard, and and <laughs> uh, depending on the energy, sometimes I think now because uh, we specialize, you know, our our main thing is dubbing. We dub a lot, and um, in the early days and kind of the wilderness years of this industry, uh, it was just more fun. Uh, the 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 deadlines were a little yeah. looser. There was a little more freedom, and and slowly, as I think it's everything's become more kind of corporatized. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, people. The human side of it it's is gone. Everything not is. There. It feels more yeah. like a grindhouse now, most of the time. And and I understand that. That's just as anime has gotten popular and people realize there's money to be made off it. Of course, business interests are going to take over and they're going to impose, um, you know, the the uh, <laughs> the equivalent of an Excel spreadsheet onto your experience. Uh, yeah. And it becomes a little less. Not to say that I don't have fun when I'm in the booth, um, with certain, especially with certain directors and sometimes with material. But it just doesn't feel, it doesn't quite have the same, uh, it doesn't have the same, I don't have the same sense of freedom that I used to have. I don't think any yeah. of us do. And sometimes we're just, we're more tired because we're working so much under such strict deadlines that it's now, mm-hmm. it just, it, I love the work. And I shouldn't say that I don't, but it feels more like work than it ever has before. And that's yeah. a first for me. And I think that's just where the industry is now. And, and so I'm a little more grumpy about it. But that's, yeah, that's you know, true. and so, and sometimes well, I have I a shitty, say- sometimes I have a shitty session where the engineer don't know what the fucking they're doing. <laughs> and I, like I had one a few weeks ago that made me just want to be like, I almost want to just give up this role because I don't want to record like this. It was just a slow, painful process. Or the engineer and I did not see eye to eye on anything. And I'm very nice in the booth. I don't, I mean, for all my, you know, boundary, my, for all my strong boundaries and, and my, uh, my attitude in life, when I'm in the booth, I'm very professional. I never tell the engineer what they're doing because I don't know. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are they are magicians as far as I'm concerned. But this 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 one engineer was just like, Hey, your voice is really smacky. Can we get that again? And I'm like, You can clean that. And it was like, You please don't make me get this again. I can't do anything about the smackiness. I'm taking I'm drinking water. I'm 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 doing the chips and cough drops. And it was just like whatever. But it made me I was like, imagine recording like that for like hours on end and being like, This is this is insane. Yeah. This is insane. Um so sometimes sessions yeah, you like get that tedious sessions and that make me go, man, this is not fun anymore. Uh, But then you have a great session the next day. They're like, oh, and we're back. We're back. So it just depends. Yeah. Well, and it's a hustle, right? Uh It's a hustle. Work comes and goes. It's very seasonal. Uh, People will use you a lot all at once, and then they won't use you for a while. Mm -hmm. And so you kind of have to make something work. It's It's a hustle. And that's a lot. It's contract work constantly. There is no comfort. There is no safe space. You might work this you know, this six months and then the next six months you might not. So you kind of have to, there's a lot of balancing budgets. You're, also, you're, you're constantly like doing stuff on spec um, yeah. for not a lot of money, basically. I mean, mm-hmm. people that have dreams yeah. of making a lot of money on in voice acting, it's not how it works. Like you can, nope. you can make a living with voice acting, but you got to work yeah. your ass off. It's a hustle. It's a real and hustle. And it just gets and, tiring you know, after a while. I think too, like going back to what you were saying about it being corporatized, um, when that happens, um, sometimes those corporate ears are listening to the loudest voices. Mm-hmm. And when those loud voices only have horrible things to say about you, mm. it can be very disheartening. Um, yeah. So <laughs> that has been a challenge. Um, I still, you know, there's still announcements can't be made 
without attacks coming. I don't, I have kind of pulled back from announcing any new characters because I just don't want to fucking hear it. I just don't want to fucking hear it. I'm tired. And knowing that some of those voices are being listened to uh, by corporate people, (laughs) people, entities, corporations aren't people, (laughs) Uh, and that their... Um, their hate is more valuable than the art that's being produced is very disheartening. And it, and it does, it does make you wonder why, why am I putting up with any of this? And, and so that can be quite a challenge. um, Especially when all it's really doing is making money for someone else. You know, it's just, it's disheartening. I, I, I hate in a general sense and, and what you've gone through in the past several years is a prime example. I hate how social media has come to dictate the terms of what we do. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I hate it. It's like it's like the internet is one giant focus group. <laughs> As far as corporations are concerned. And focus groups are a fucking thing of the devil. Like, they are pointless. They're stupid. Everyone has an opinion. And it's like, and and I feel like corporations don't really care. Like, they're just kind of happy for the press. It's like, cool. Are we getting a lot of negative feedback from this announcement? Awesome. Hey, that's that's engagement. Let's let's ramp that up. Let's go ahead and have a sacrificial lamb. Corporations, like working for a corporation, as I told myself, I became an actor because I didn't want to work for a corporation. um, Because I just hate everything about how the corporation just becomes a person's life and and the way they see the world and how everything is reduced to numbers and money. And, and I understand those are essential concerns. Pe- creative people should be paid for their work. But there's always someone at the top getting paid a lot more because they're mm-hmm. exploiting the creative who's not getting paid what they're worth uh, or is getting taken advantage of for the sake of the bottom line. And I hate it. I fucking hate it. And I know it feels like I know it feels like there's just no other way to get these things done. There's no other way to make, you know, content. But uh, it, to, to quote the late, great Ursula Le Guin, one of my favorite mm-hmm. writers of all time, when she accepted her honor, her Lifetime Achievement Award that was presented to her by Neil Gaiman, by the way. Um, ah. She talked about the publishing industry and the way it was going and that you know, basically writers were going through a lot. They were going, experiencing a lot what we were, are experiencing now as actors in this particular industry. And she was like, I know everything seems driven by profit and that profit must take a first. She's like, I know it, but I know it seems inevitable and like we can't fight it. But so too, once upon a time, did the divine right of kings and that got this huge applause where it's like oh yeah we don't believe that stupid shit anymore (laughs) but that used to but the belief that the king was always right and a divine envoy of god and there was nothing you could do about it that informed everyone's life to their core not so long ago and i feel like maybe at some point we can get to a point where profit isn't what we're fucking worried about anymore profit or people's accounts that aren't real and they've made 20 of them uh, to scream about something that happened years ago that I don't get paid for, but that company sure st- does still. They're not getting, you know. Anyway. So, yeah, Rowing. that can uh, make you, make you want to leave on the regular. Um, and I may still. I don't know. I'm not going to promise anything. I don't want you to, I don't want you to leave. <laughs> oh, but thanks. I'll, you know what? I'll, I'll, let's write a show together. And we'll do it, okay. and then don't leave. We'll just do our own shit. That's what I want to do. Because so the, I see the yeah. next question in Wesley's uh, list is is where do you see oh. yourself in five years? And so I'm going to use that as a segue. Five years, I want to be doing my own shit. I want to make my own content, yeah. be my own master, 
and and to be yeah. able to live off that. That's where I see myself in five years because I just I want to make content that I believe in. I don't want to make and I want to work with people I believe in and who I love. I don't want to have to do something just to feel. I don't want to. Wherever I'm in five years, you can goddamn well bet I'm not going to be in a place where I need corporate validation to feel like an actor. Yeah, that sounds great. I like that. I like the sound. I'm terrible at the five-year stuff. I'm very much um, uh, uh, Mary Poppins, and I go the way the wind blows, and I don't know where the wind's going to blow me in five years. <laughs> I might get to chapter four so, of my novel by then. That would be amazing. <laughs> that would be amazing. Um, I've always been bad at that. And I find that if I do, this is the problem, is, is there's a lot of that mentality of where are you going to be in five years, where are you going to be in ten years. And I find if I if I just make a decision and I don't get there— I beat myself up about oh, it. Oh, yeah. yeah. And I don't need that either. So instead of making unrealistic expectations or realistic ones that might get thwarted by life, mm-hmm. I have um, dreams and desires and goals that I will aim towards and trust the wind to take me where I need to be. Yep. Yep. So, I think that's a yeah. good— For Michael, a good what is one of your top characters that you have voiced? Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really, I yeah. don't, this sound, I, I don't mean to sound like an asshole, but I just don't rank my stuff like that. I don't really, mm-hmm. I, the character I like the most or that I consider the top is who I'm working on at the moment. And that, that changes yeah. sometimes several times in a day. Um, so I don't really, it's I true. just, I have a very, I've, I try to, I gone out of my way in my career to cultivate kind of a Zen-like detachment from what we do, because I feel like it's the only way to get it right. And... So I don't really think about like who's my best character. So I mean I have my best my most well-known characters and that's cool. Um doesn't make them any more special to me personally. Just me. I mean they're all me. So when you ask me about a character I'm playing, they're just me. It's just from facets of my own personality. So do I have favorite things about myself? Sure. Um, <laughs> yeah. um I love when I'm confident. <laughs> I love I love when I'm, you know, kind of Smexy, uh, sure, I have that in in here somewhere, and when it comes out, I'm I'm, I'm often very proud. But you know, it's so you know, I don't know. Asking asking me about my favorite character is like asking me to pick a limb that I'm partial right. to, and I'm I'm partial to all of them. <laughs> they're all yeah, they're all hard. part of me. <laughs> right, asking to the hard part, and I think some people don't understand this, but the hard part about asking a voice actor their favorite is when we say our favorite, we're letting someone down. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Because uh, someone's going to have a different favorite. And so it's really hard to be like, this one's my 100% favorite. And all of you who think that one's your favorite, sorry, I disagree. Like, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to do that. On top of the fact that I'm bad at favorites anyway, yeah. I'm terrible with it. But it is very much an in-the-moment kind of thing because we're actors and that's how we love. But I do really like your Lawrence. We have personal connections there, though. So that's... Yeah, I just also, life is too fucking short to play the favorites game. Like, people yeah. ask me, and I, again, I'm not trying to be, you know, dis Wesley's question, because, I mean, it's a good, it's fine. But, uh, and your other questions are awesome. But this one in particular, I, I'm, yeah. I'm just something about the favorites thing. I'm like, why do we feel the need to rank everything we do? Like, what's your favorite piece of music? What's your favorite color? And what does it mean? Like, my favorite color right now, I don't, I don't walk around thinking about my favorite color. <laughs> and anyone who does yeah. is probably a painter or an interior designer, you know? So it's, I don't know, I just don't. I don't like playing the favorites game because I feel like when you play the favorites game, you're cutting yourself off from a lot of things that you're like, you become a kind of elitist in terms of like, well, I don't, that's not my favorite. So I don't want anything to do with it. I, I've, I, I can have 
just as an as enriching an experience from something that's not my favorite thing in the world <laughs> as I can yeah, from right. something that is. So I just don't I don't understand our our cultural obsession with with favorites and top ten lists and all these things. I just feel like it in the in the long run it makes us feel very dissatisfied. Because uh, when yeah, you have a favorite, you you also lesson. feel like you have to like that's got to be my favorite forever. And what if it's not? What if you co- kind of grow cold on it? Then you you feel obligated to maintain it as your favorite, even though the the magic is kind of gone. You know, right. so I don't know. I just I just I avoid the favorites game in general because it just doesn't. I don't understand the point. <laughs> right. Yeah. I um. I uh. It's it's just it changes. It, mm-hmm. Favorites change. Mm-hmm. It's hard to say. Um, it's like having a New York Times bestseller list. Like they can't all be bestsellers. They're good sellers. Right. Well, and, and one's I love the a best. top ten list. <laughs> don't get me wrong. I will read like top ten scary things, and I'll read that. Sure, shit. Don't get sure. Me. But it, to me, it's just like a list of ten yeah, things. I, like Nuke's top five is just exactly. Nuke's five I can give things. a shit about the ranking. I just like just I just I just want a buffet. <laughs> right. It's like these are a few of my favorite things. Yeah, That's yeah. What this is. <laughs> I saw Nick on QI or clip where, uh, uh, what's his name? Alan Davies just making fun of Julie Andrews, like meeting Julie Andrews and being like, you know, in real life, she's probably like nothing like that character. And she's like, oh, yeah, I bet you like, I'll bet. And she won't shut up about Sound of Music. So she's always like, oh, right, yeah, I bet you like, you like packages tied up with string. Yeah, I bet you do, girl. I bet you do. <laughs> just like, <laughs> I just find that fucking hilarious to picture. Yeah. Sorry. Sorry. That's random. Press side. Um, and the last question um, from Wesley. 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 I'm going to. Wesley. Jamie, <laughs> who is a waifu character that you admire but haven't voiced yourself? Uh... I think you overestimate how many waifus I watch. <laughs> Is there a waifu in the Son of Sam documentary? I don't think so. <laughs> waifu? Um, uh, let's see. Who is my favorite waifu that I haven't waifu? voiced or acted or performed in? I don't know. I want to say... <laughs> Julia Louis-Dreyfus. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's pretty awesome. She's amazing. Oh. I love her so much. Uh, so, yeah. Maggie Gyllenhaal, she's a waifu for sure. <laughs> Helen Mirren's my waifu. Oh, total waifu. Helen Mirren, that is waifu material right there. Yes, it is. It is. I love, I love Kate Blanchett, oh, wife, motherfucking yes. foo. Yes, Tilda Swinton, if you want a weird waifu. Yeah, I love that <laughs> Kate Blanchett's going to be in the Borderlands movie. I know, I'm so excited. You guys, we have not gushed about this Borderlands movie enough. We have not. This is I, the coolest shit wait. to have a movie. Okay, so there, Borderlands is a video game, if you guys didn't know that. We've talked about it before. Yeah, we're both in it. It's um, kind of a big deal. We're both in it. Kind of a big deal. We're kind of literally a big deal in my case. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, she's amazing, uh, Ellie. I play Ellie, and you voice... Sir Hammerlock! That's right. And uh, we really want something to spin off of the two of us together, but I don't (laughs) know if they're going to listen to it. Anyway. It needs to happen. It needs to be a ghost hunting mission. (laughs) Yeah, but we have... 
we are both going to be in the movie. Like our characters are both going to be in the movie, and the cast. Yeah, not is us. Not us as actors. That's not. Not yeah, us. No, no, no. Just no. the characters. But like, play. if we get to go to any fucking red is, carpet, wait, 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 is, is Hammerlock going to be in the movie? Yes. I didn't know. I sent you a link. Did you? I didn't yeah, get it. I would have freaked the fuck yeah. out. Oh, did I get what? I sent you a link. Who? I'll send oh, it. Who's it's amazing. Who's, I have to, who's okay, playing okay, it? Okay, okay, hold on. Sorry, I'm like, but me, I don't think I got this link. Up. Yeah, I sent it to oh, you. Oh, God damn it. So, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. Let me pull it up. I believe you sent it Here's to me. Here's the I problem. Just, I texted it to you, like, last week sometime, uh, and we've had 3,000 <laughs> that's why it, get, it gets buried in the volley of texts text we go back lot, and forth. Um, okay, okay. So here are some castings, which I fucking love them. Okay, so here, I think I have to scroll through. Uh, Gina Gershon is going to be Moxie. Yeah, yeah, I saw that. That's fucking awesome. Love that. Uh, Cheyenne Jackson is going to play Jacobs. Nice. Yeah, it's great. And uh, Charles Babalola will play Sir Hammerlock. Charles Babalola. He's great. Here's, can you see him in this picture? I don't know if you can see him. Let me, I can't. Hang on. Let me, Charles, how do I spell Babalola? I don't, frame. Um, Then I'm moving on. There's an advertisement there. I'm going to look up. Uh, Benjamin Byron Davis will play Marcus. Oh, cha- um, Ooh, Charles Babaloa. Ryan, oh, my. Oh. Ryan Redmond will play Ellie. Yes! Yes! Uh, Bobby Lee plays Larry, a brand new character. And we've got Stephen Boyer playing Scooter. <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Yeah. He operates Scooter Scrapyard alongside Ellie. Um, yeah, so those are the new, like, the newer announcements. I think, That's a couple fucking weeks ago awesome. Oh, my God. Yeah. Charles Babaloa um, is cute. Holy I shit. know, that's you. I'm, I'm like, okay, all right. I know, it's I can't very wait to exciting. see him at a convention and be like, we share a role. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, you know. Um, this is, and this awesome. is on IGN, so this could change. But yeah, Kate Blanchett is in it. Jamie Lee Curtis is in it. Um, um, it's little. His name starts with a K. He's feisty. He's playing Roland. It is Kevin Hart. Oh, <laughs> a little nice. That was right. Nice. Uh, Kevin Hart's going to be in it. And um, I can't think of anybody else off the top of my head. But, uh, yeah, it's going to be very exciting. It's awesome. Um, and they're filming it right now. <laughs> We're so excited. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure we'll keep you updated. Oh. I had a story I was going to read, but I feel like I should save it for next time. We should save it, yeah, because this has already kind Let's of grown to a long episode. Um, it and has, we're talking it about has. personal experiences, so that's questions. a good question. So yeah, now we'll have we'll have um, extra stories for the next episode we do. Um, yeah. Thank you guys. Yeah. For, yeah. Thank, thank you. you for being patient so while we uh, get our shit together, which is something right. we're constantly right. having to do. Um, but we appreciate but you. We really it. appreciate you guys and your support. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Um, and thank you to our patrons. We appreciate you on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Um, we have Discord chats uh, coming up at the end of the month. I'm going to open up my calendar this and tell the, you what those are. Is it the right 19th? Now. It's the 15th and the 20th? No, it's not the 15th. Um, The 22nd, which is when I'm getting my hair cut. I'm very excited about that. Sorry, yeah, the 22nd Uh, and... The 22nd and the 29th. Yeah, 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 yeah. 22nd will be all Discord. 29th will be the uh, Phantasm tier. And so those are our two times. They're on the Patreon site, though. And you can join Patreon if you would like to support our podcast. Yeah. We really appreciate all the support that we have from your listeners. Um... 
And and thanks for keeping us looking at each other's faces on Zoom. We appreciate that. Yes, you guys have uh, fueled yeah. our friendship. That's right. That's right. And uh, <laughs> and have created some more on that Discord. There's yeah. D&D, two D&D games that have spun off of that. So it's pretty exciting. Um, but, yeah, thank you guys so much. We appreciate you. Um, I guess until next time, stay Safe? Yeah, that's what we Stay, said. Yeah. Stay safe. <laughs> Stay sane. <laughs> and, and remember, it's okay to it's sleep, okay with, to the sleep with the lights on. <laughs> <laughs>why is Devin texting Did you hear you? that snort? That was I thought that was your stomach, and I was like, bitch, you it's eat. Not. Dexter's um, sleeping on the floor, so you can't smell it, but if I make this face, it's because it's, <laughs> it's very comfortable. I'll there. know that you can smell my fart through the Zoom. Oh, no. You knocked down the blanket. Hi, Dex. It's okay. I forgive you. I forgive you. I've, I, can, I can't see you, Dex, but I can, because you're not in He's camera. He's going like but this. I can, oh. All right. Okay. Are you ready? I'm recording. Yeah. Are you? Okay. I, oh, I've been it? recording. Okay, ready? One, two. No, that's not. You're going to confuse Matt. One. I'm sorry, Matt. We love you. Ignore those first claps. One, <laughs> two, three. <laughs>